Welcome to the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. I'm Alan Newsom, your host. It's great to have you with me here in Mayberry. This episode of the podcast, we're going to be looking at episode number 82, Class Reunion, from The Andy Griffith Show. Now, what we look at as part of the Bible study is the characters of The Andy Griffith Show and how their behavior reflects poorly or positively from a Christian perspective. The Mayberry Bible Study Podcast is based on a Bible study started by Joey Fan back in 1998. The show notes for this episode, or the study plan, can be found at the show notes of this podcast if you go to Mayberry Bible Study Podcast and look for Class Reunion. You can download a file with all the lesson plan, with uh, everything we're going to talk about tonight. So you might want to do that. Just stop the recording and head over and do that now. You're in for a real treat because this podcast episode was recorded on the Mayberry Cruise 2013. So following listening to the audio from Class Reunion, we'll go into the recorded part from the cruise. And I know you're going to enjoy that because you'll hear other people. And we have a special treat at the beginning with Ronnie Felker and his wife Elise and son Jacob as they perform a skit from the Andy Griffith Show for us that I know you're going to enjoy And it has biblical principles in it as well. We're going to have fun listening to an episode of The Andy Griffith Show, have some fun with a skit that's from The Andy Griffith Show, and then we're going to get into the Bible study. So I am so glad you're here with me. So let's go ahead and start the fun by listening to the episode of The Andy Griffith Show, Class Reunion. The show opens with Andy and Barney unloading a trunk from the back of the squad car. Into Andy's garage. What in the world you got in there, anyhow? Oh, just personal effects. I hope you got room for her in this garage. We'll find a spot. Ready? Got your breath? Yeah, let's hit it. Okay, over to these shelves on the left. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Set her down. Set her down. I heard something rip. Yeah, so did I. Turn around. Andy checks Barney's pants. We're all clear. How about me? And Barney checks the back of Andy's pants. Ten par. <laughs> Here, will do it. Listen, this ain't gonna be in your way now, is it? Oh, no. My landlady just insisted I get the darn trunk out of the cellar. Well, she don't use the cellar for a spare room or something. Uh, <laughs> mushrooms. Mushrooms? Yeah, she's gonna grow them in her cellar. She's seen this ad in the back of a magazine, Grow Mushrooms at Home for Fun oh, and yeah. I've seen those ads. Yeah. BJ of Cincinnati reports earnings up to 600 a month. <laughs> ST of Texarkana says my spare time is now a money-making proposition. Yeah. <laughs> Them's the ones. Yeah. <laughs> Ms. Mendelbright sure is full of ambition, ain't she? Yeah. Last year, she sent away for a machine that tore car tires into long shreds of rubber. What in the world for? Oh, she weaved them into floor mats and purses and seat covers and other attractive items. Oh, those abs, too. R.A. says old tires sent my daughter through beautician's college. <laughs> well, I'm sure glad she's taken up mushrooms. Yeah. For a solid year, I slept with a tire shredder in the next room. <laughs> mushrooms are pretty quiet. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I guess we got her all cleaned off. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Oh, all right. Okay. <clears throat> Andy Barney walked back over to the trunk. One. Two. And lift it. But the bottom bust out and everything in it's laying on the floor. See how light that was? <laughs> it's the counting. <laughs> oh, dirt her mushrooms. Hey, I know, I know, I know. Here. Get a hold. Now, we, we turn her over. 
and, and, and use the top for the bottom. Okay. <laughs> okay? Huh? Well, that's why you're the sheriff. Well, I'm the deputy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They begin to go through the items that fell out on the floor and put them back into the trunk. Where's that? Uh, she's saving this old rock for. Is it worth anything? Well, not money-wise. Got a lot of sentimental value, though. Huh? That was my daddy's rock. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Barb. Oh, listen, don't feel sad. There's a lot of happiness connected with that rock. There is? Yeah. It used to sit on my daddy's desk. I used to strike kitchen matches on it and hold them to daddy's pipe. You know, for a little fellow, it was a big kick to strike a match and hold it to your dad's pipe. Yeah, I remember. I used to strike matches on the bottom of my daddy's boots. Oh, that wouldn't have worked on my dad's soles. Too soft. Probably made out of old tires. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're cutlass. Huh? The old high school yearbook. I ain't seen one of these for years. Ain't B gave mine away to a disease drive. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me see. Look at that. <laughs> Andrew Jackson Taylor, uh, second vice president, 4-H, secretary, Philomathian Literary Society. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What was that Philomathian, Ange? It was a group that got, that got together and cut out current events and pasted them in a book. <laughs> Sorry I didn't get in on that. Sounds like fun. Well, you was up for it. Well, we won't get into that. Would you look at that head of hair? There must be ten pounds of it. <laughs> Did somebody blackball me or something? Jack Egbert didn't like you. Don't you remember I told you about it and you cried? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jack Egbert. Hey, hey, look at you, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) I was painfully thin then. Yeah, you was mighty slow in filling out. Well, I got my mother's family's frame. When I was 17, I could reach into a milk bottle and take out an egg. You can't do that anymore. No. (laughs) (laughs) That proves you filled out some. You want to know something? Jack Egbert was no prize. Bernard Milton Fife, Board of Directors, Ten Fall Drive, Hall Monitor, Volleyball Court Maintenance Crew, Spanish Club. I didn't know you was in Spanish Club. See. <laughs> hey, Ramona Wiley. <laughs> Always Ramona. It sounds pretty serious. Oh, don't you remember how crazy she was about me? It was a big thing, huh? Uh, oh, well. Well, it was all one-sided. I mean, I wasn't interested, but, boy, she really had a case on me. (laughs) Uh, I'll never forget one note she wrote. Barney, beloved, the tears on my pillow bespeak the pain that is in my heart. (laughs) I can't remember any of that. Well, no wonder. You and Sharon to Spain were so much in love in them days, you didn't know what was going on around you. (laughs) Sharon to Spain, Sharon to Spain. Yeah, there she Uh is. What a knockout, huh? Well, you two sure are thick. Mm. Weren't you voted couple of the year, two years running? Mm. Junior and senior years. Yeah. Mm. A little uh, pumping in the chest, Hans? Mm. A little. Yeah. 
You know what they say, your first flame never quite burns out. That's right, that's right. We even talked about getting married one time. How come you didn't? Hmm? I don't know. I wonder where she is now. Last I heard, she was doing some kind of designing work in Chicago. Yeah? I wonder where they all are now. Yeah. Be nice to see them again, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Jarvis Eldridge. Yeah. Hmm? Jarvis. Lillian Becker. Yeah. Hey, probably made the bois. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Bart. Huh? What do you think our chances would be of getting them all together? What do you mean? A reunion. Some schools have them every year. Hey, that's a great idea. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to start, though. We start right here in Mayberry. There's eight or nine of us still here. We get a committee together. Let's do it. <laughs> it's kind of scary, ain't it? What do you mean? Well, you know, the idea of seeing how old everybody's gotten. Yeah. They'll sure be shocked to find we haven't changed a bit, huh? <laughs> Come on. Hi, Mary Lee. Andy. Barney. You'll never believe what happened. We sent out 35 invitations, and so far we got 20 acceptances. Oh, great. The ones oh. I've checked are coming. <laughs> there she is, Andy. Sharon to Spain. <laughs> oh, we haven't heard from Sharon yet, Andy, but I sent an invitation to her last address. It was in Philadelphia. What about Ramona Wiley? Well, she's coming. She's third on the list. See, Mrs. Harry Beck Torres. Harry Beck Torres, huh? Well, let's just hope that Mr. Beck Torres, whoever he may be, don't have any jealous bones in his body. Well, I hope Ramona exercises a little self-control and don't horse around. <laughs> Cheer up, Andy. We'll hear from Sharon. They're awful good about forwarding mail, Andy. And even if she don't come, we're in for the time of our lives. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, the old orange and blue. Yeah. Mayberry Union High. Victory is yours. Well, I will hit the line for points every time. The orange and blue will try, 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 try. And when the victory's won, you'll be our favorite son. Proud waves your banner in the sky. The scene opens as a class of 1945 is celebrating their reunion. We see Carl Benson's mother on the saxophone and the Carl Benson band playing for us. Folks are dancing and having a good time. Barney's at the punch bowl snapping along to the beat. Andy Taylor. That's right there. I thought you'd forgotten me there for a minute. Well, you sure are looking good. Barney starts looking up in the yearbook to try to figure out who the guy is Andy's talking to. You sure haven't changed. You was, you was in a uh, debate, wasn't you? Yes, yes, you were. <laughs> yes, sir, you sure did do some fine debating in your time. She sure did. Paul Revere High School, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> oh, Jack Street. Oh, you remind me a lot of a girl that was in debate here with us, uh, Edna Thoke. <laughs> Jack, sweet. 
Do my bloodshot eyes deceive me, or is that Barney Fife lurking there? <laughs> well, 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 if it ain't old Jack Sweet. And this is Miss Sweetheart. We are Mr. and Mrs. Ralph Haynes. <laughs> How could you make a mistake like that, Barn? Is that him or ain't it? It's the right picture, but it belongs to the name on the left. <laughs> Ralph Haynes, yeah. Wrestling, boxing, football, basketball, pole vaulting, weightlifting, a mile run. Oh, I remember him. He was always sweating. <laughs> you know this car? Well, here they are. Why, you... You two chicken thieves, why, how the heck are you? You son of a gun, you sure are looking good. <laughs> oh, well, so are you, Andy. Well, Nate Bracey. Nate Bracey, Nate Bracey, Nate Bracey, Nate Bracey. Nate Bracey. I always said you had one of the most musical names I ever heard. Oh, uh, thanks. How about some punch, Nate? Well, uh... uh is it Spike? If it is, I'm not supposed to know about it. I'm the sheriff here. You know. <laughs> I know that. I, I, I know you're sheriff. You know, the whole gang is talking about what a nice job you've done with the law. Well, where are you living now, Nate? Nate! Nate! Oh, yes, sugar. They're playing a cha-cha-cha. Oh. You'll have to excuse me, fellas. We took lessons. <laughs> Boy, you know this struggling to remember names and faces is about to wear me out. Yeah, me too. Uh-oh. Comes another one. Well, let's just be honest and tell them we don't remember their names. <laughs> they can't put you in jail, right? <laughs> right. Hi. I'm Andy Taylor. This year's Barney Five. Uh, you'll have to excuse me, but I can't quite place you. Well, it'd be pretty funny if you did. I'm just here by marriage. Uh, Harry Bectoris. Oh, Bectoris. Uh, I'm Ramona Wiley's husband. Ramona Wiley? Do you fellas remember her? Uh, well? Well, I'll go get her. Oh, I'll do that. No, I'll be right back. Oh, bye. What am I gonna do, Andy? Wait, wait. I don't wanna wreck a marriage. <laughs> Just don't give her any encouragement. You gotta come. Uh, I'll wash these glasses. <laughs> well, Andy Taylor, it's delightful to see you. Oh, it's wonderful seeing you, Ramona. You certainly haven't changed much. Well, Mary Lee tells me you have a little boy. That's right. Harry and I have a, a boy and a girl. Well, that's wonderful. You are just the man I've been looking for. Uh, would you give us two glasses of punch, bartender? <laughs> this is Barney Fye. Oh, well, delighted to meet you, Mr. Fye. Oh, come off it, Ramon. <laughs> I beg your pardon? Barney! Barney Five, Social Studies 1A. Tweaky. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to place you, but I'm afraid I can't. Well, it has been a long time, Mr. Five. What do you know about it? Uh, easy, Barney. Uh, what do you say we dance, honey? Uh, yes, yes, I, I, I guess it's better. It, it was uh, nice seeing you both again. The tears on my pillow bespeak the pain that's in my heart. <laughs> you know what she's doing, Mark? She's she's covering up. She's she's fighting. <laughs> Times pass and folks are coming and going from the reunion. Andy and Barney are talking over by the punch bowl, making a sandwich. You know, I ain't had a chance to eat all evening. <laughs> How about a little turkey on rye? No, you go ahead. A little turkey sandwich, Rusty? Mm, no, thank you. I'm not hungry. 
You ain't feeling sad because Sharon didn't show up, are you? I'm a little disappointed. You didn't actually expect her to come, did you? No, I knew it was a long shot, but I was hoping. Yeah, tough break. Uh-uh, Candy! What was that all about? Huh? I got something on my back. see Sharon standing at the door. They see each other and walk toward one another. Hi, Sharon. of all time and it's still going on. <laughs> the original Carl Benson's Wildcats? All but the lady up front. That's Carl's mother. Andy and Sharon go outside to visit and take a stroll. Mayberry hasn't changed a bit. No, not much. You have me, you know. Oh, yes, I have. Crow's feet. <laughs> a little more here. <laughs> You're the one who hasn't changed. Oh. You still have all your hair. Well, I've uh, I've lost a few gross around the edges. Put on a few gross, yeah. They find a bench and Andy motions for Sharon to sit down. They sit down to continue their conversation. I sure am glad to see you. It's wonderful seeing you, Andy. You know, this this is a lot like uh, graduation night. Yes. I remember at one point we decided we'd take a walk in the garden. You want to take your shoes off, I think. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't take my shoes off. I, don't know. I know we wanted to get off by ourselves. And then? Well, then I uh, I said something uh, pretty clever, like uh, like it must be awful chilly out here for you. I said that so that I could. They both look lovingly at each other 
and finally they kiss. your head on his shoulder. Start like that? How come we never... I mean, whatever happened to us? Don't you remember later? We had a pretty big fight that night. Oh, yeah. I remember the fight, yeah. I don't remember what it was about. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Funny. Here we are picking up right where we left off that night. Still able to be as close as we were. Makes you wonder how come. How come what? How come we never... You know. I don't know either. It's a shame. It is. You know what we sound like? A couple of old folks acting like it's too late to do anything about it. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's not. Maybe not. <sighs> you glad you came? Oh, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I wouldn't either. Stay a while? Mm. Oh, I'd love to, Andy. I can't. Why not? Mayberry's mighty nice this time of the year. I just can't, really. I have to get back to Chicago. Why? What's the pleasure about Chicago? Well, it's my work. And Well, there's a lot needs doing here. Well, I know. I enjoyed growing up here. Oh, it's a mighty nice place. A lot of friends. I know. <laughs> but you can't live up to your potential here. In a big city, you have room to grow and expand. You live a different kind of life. <laughs> How can life be that much different if you're happy? That's the main thing, ain't it? I mean, that's, that's the goal that uh, every individual as a, as a person is shooting for, ain't it? I mean, it's kind of the prize of the game. To be happy? Yes. How can you find that here? I like trying to be a big fish in a big pond. Not a big fish in a little pond. What's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with it is I don't care for that. I do. I really do. I've, I've found what I want. How do you know? You've never tried anything else. I don't have to. I don't have to. Even if I did try, I'd find out I already found it. <laughs> you know something? <clears throat> it's, uh, it's coming back to me. It's, it's coming back to me. Why you and me never got together. Because of uh, what we're talking about right now. You're going to want to go your way. Me wanting to go my way. 
You reckon? I reckon. How about a couple of old friends having that last dance? I'd love it. Andy takes her hand, and they walk back inside and begin to dance at the class reunion. One of the great natural romances of all time. Altogether, I'd say it was an emotion-packed evening, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd say that. <laughs> Mayberry Union High Victory is yours well nigh We'll hit the line for points every time The orange and blue will try, 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 try And when the victory's won You'll be our favorite son Proud waves your banner in the sky Mayberry Union High Hmm. It's to you a little bit, huh? Oh, no. Well, yeah. You know, seeing all those people you knew as kids growing older. Kind of makes you sad. Yeah, I know. Do the tears on your pillow bespeak the pain that's in your heart? Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Oh, 
you ever give anything just for the joy of giving, you know, something you don't want nothing in, in no return for. Sure, just yesterday I gave my friend Jimmy something. That's nice. What'd you give him? A sock on my head. <laughs> I meant charity, Opie. I didn't charge him nothing. <laughs> I meant for the joy of giving. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't like Jimmy no more. He makes fun of Charlotte. Who's Charlotte? My girlfriend. Well, I can't see why somebody's got as much as you can care so little about somebody else. I care about others, honest. Not when you give a measly amount like three cents. You ought at least to give a half a dollar or a dollar. A dollar? Gosh, I only got two dollars and twenty cents in my whole piggy bank, and I'm saying it about Charlotte something. Well, who's Sh Charlotte? I'm going to ask you that again. <laughs> Squander on your girlfriend Charlotte. When it comes to underprivileged children, you only give three cents. I wasn't going to squander it, Barney. I wasn't going to squander it. What's squandering? I stole your money away foolishly, Opie. Oh, but I wouldn't be throwing it away. Now, what's my next line? <laughs> I squandered that up in the skillet. Turned by a pretty girl and enjoy heaven happy when you're grown. Hey, buddy, what are y'all doing? I'm oh, trying to teach Opie the art of uh, giving. He's, he's he's getting to be a little stingy boy. He's uh. Opie stingy. Yeah, you know how much he gave to the underprivileged children char charity drive? How much? Three cents. Opie, three cents. All you gave? Hey, three you got a piggy bank full of I'm saving that. He's going to give his girlfriend Charlotte, uh, he's going to spend money on her. I think Andy's, I think Andy's raising a playboy. <laughs> Don't you feel ashamed? Well, by the way, Opie, what was you going to buy, buy your girlfriend anyway? A box of candy or a toy or something like that? A coat. A coat? What you going to buy her a coat for, Opie? Because the one she got's kind of wore out and I asked her why she didn't get a new one. She said because her mom didn't have enough money. Well, you didn't tell me that, Opie. Well, you never asked me. <laughs> I don't guess I did. Yeah, Barney, you, you could take a lesson from Opie. I could? Yes, you could. How's that? Well, how about all this time you and I go out Dutch Creek? Well, you see, I'm, I'm trying to save for the, for the future, you know. I mean, times are tough, you know. You know, Gomer and Goober, they charge a whole lot for, for gas these days, too. having fried chicken. I'm having crow. That's good. I'll be a good job helping Barney with his lines.
Father, we just want to thank you for this chance to gather with uh, friends and uh, what feels like family, Lord, just to gather here on this, uh, this cruise ship and to just spend some time laughing and enjoying, uh, just enjoying each other. Lord, and uh, we're, we're here and we want to enjoy you as well. And so we want you to just come into this room with us and just let the Spirit uh, guide us and your Holy Spirit just be here with us and teach us and uh, draw us toward you as we discuss some of the things we saw today on this episode of the Andy Griffith Show. Uh, and Lord, how we can learn something, even from a TV show. Lord, we just ask that you be here with us as we attempt to do that. Your spirit will just guide the entire conversation. Amen. Alright, so uh, we just watched Class Reunion. And in Class Reunion, we saw at the beginning of it, we had uh, Barney there with his uh, his trunk. You know, and, this, and it broke. And then he, as they were picking up the stuff in there, Barney had a rock in there. He had his rock and Andy said, what is this, uh, what is this rock? What's the guy any value? And he, he's basically saying, no, it doesn't really have any intrinsic value, but it had a lot of memories. And so, uh, I guess, are there, in your past, you have a lot of memories that you have that you are very fond of that bring back really good feelings and things like that. That's, uh, that was one of the, do you keep, uh, do you keep items out of sentimental value they might be silly to other people. I think all, all of us tend to do that. I know my house is full of things that I need to get rid of, but I won't because, you know, I picked that rock up at Myers Lake in California when I was out at Franklin Canyon. I got some rocks sitting around. So I think a lot of us do that. Uh, how important are the belongings and things to you? I think a lot of times we have real emotional attachment to a lot of these things that we that are just really junk to anybody else. When we when we're gone, my kid, my son, they're probably gonna throw away a lot of the things that I think are awesome. You know, no matter what I tell him. But I think we really you know, I, I keep trying to tell him, you know, that rock came from Franklin Canyon. He won't care. <laughs> you know. Uh you know what? What is something? Well, like I've been telling you some of mine. What is uh, what is something that uh, was really going to last forever? And of course, that's that's our relationship with Christ is really is really the thing we should be focused on. So uh, let's see here. And uh, I wanted to read. Where am I? I'll do a one. I did a two. All right. So let's go on from that. Our relationship with Christ is really the thing that we should really be focused on. We've all got a lot of things in our trunk that's sitting around in our garage that uh, that's really not worth anything. I mean, we spend a, our most of our lives working and collecting things, and the sad, the real sad part is all those things we work hard for. Well, they're important on Earth because we've got that. We've got to have things to, to survive. We've got to take care of our family. I understand that. But there's we work towards things that are have no meaning. How much work are we doing towards the things that really have meaning? I mean, are we... At church the other day, we had a question that came up. That, and the question was, you know, how many how many Bible studies have you been in? And people are saying, ah, 30, 15 in Bible studies. Over the course of... Time, you know, they've been Christians for a while. 
How many, uh, basically then the question started becoming harder. How many people have you re- uh, led to Christ? And boy, the number went from 30 down to 1, 2, 9. And how many people have you discipled? And again, the came right down. The number really was low. One, two, nobody. Those are the things really in eternity that are going to really matter. Did you did you talk to people about Christ? Have you led them? To, or, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit leads them to Christ. But have you been a part of that? Have you been a part of moving in that direction? Have you discipled people? And it's not just about becoming a Christian, being saved, as we say. But are you actually are you doing anything to make that help that person along the way? I know as as a, as a kid when I was saved, I was about twelve years old, and I was saved. But then I was never discipled. I, it was basically kind of like you're saved. Oh, good. Here, join the church. Good. You get baptized. Here, go over here and go to Sunday school. And you basically try to figure it out by yourself to some degree. There's an awful lot of it. I don't know how it is at y'all's church, but I know that's how it was at mine. Uh, you know, because they just kind of expected you to figure it out yourself. Anyway, I think that's something important that we need to start thinking about. How can you get involved in somebody's life? You don't have to be the great Christian, you know, theologian to do this. But hopefully, uh, if you've been a Christian for a while, you've got some experience. And you might be able to help people a little bit along the way to try to help them understand what what Christ wants them to do and how to disciple somebody. So that's what's really going to last for us in, in the long run. So let's let's read here. It says in Deuteronomy 32, 7, it says, Remember the days of old. Consider the years long past. Ask, ask your father and he will tell you. Your elders, they will teach you. So we need to be doing those things. You don't want to forget about the past. You don't want to forget about all those things in the trunk because they are made you who you are. And for some reason, God gave you those things. He gave you those things so that He would grow you in a certain way. He's given you experiences that were bad, possibly, that will also grow you in a certain way. You know, Andy, Andy in this episode with, uh, with Sharon... You know, he had that experience when he was in high school, and they broke up and stuff. Well, Andy eventually met Opie's mother and married her and had a relationship there. Well, that relationship that he had had with Sharon impacted, I'm 100% sure, whatever relationship he had later with Opie's mother. Every relationship we have as we're growing, growing and getting older impacts us. So we shouldn't forget those things. That's the reason it says, remember the days of old and consider the years long past. Don't forget the things God's already tried to teach you. I know I'm pretty bad about that. It seems like He teaches me something and three days later I seem to have forgotten that lesson and He has to teach me again. Which, uh, if you remember your children, if you have any, have probably done the exact same thing. So God teaches, he teaches us and he'll, He loves us so He's going to keep going. Now, are they painful? Uh, sure, they are. In Proverbs 10, 7, it says, The remembrance of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will not. Oh, will rot. Well, I can't read. Yes, will rot. Thank you. I was like, will not? That doesn't make sense. 
So it says, The remembrance of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. So we've got to remember the things that happen to us. Not only the good things, but the bad ones. Because they impact us and grow us too. Because if God's led you through a bad experience, if you've lost someone in your life, somebody's passed away, that's hard. And, you know, you tell people, well, you know, in time, you'll get past that. And you know that's not 100% true when you're saying it. You do, the pain kind of eases. But I believe... Christ, when that happens to you, that gives you an opportunity to disciple and to teach and to help other people going through the same kind of experience. Whether it was, you know, you had some kind of a cancer, you had a heart attack, you've had something like that. You, you have an opportunity then to witness to people and to help them as they have to go through those same kind of uh, experiences. So we need to... Don't ever think the things that you know are not worthy of passing along to other people. Because they really are. Because you can really help people. And uh, let's see, here in Isaiah 43, 18, it says, Do not remember the past past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, the rivers and the deserts. I think what, he, what they're really saying there is, you know, we've already heard, we need to remember the things that happened to us. And I think that's, he's not saying just forget it all, but don't dwell on it. Don't, don't let the things that's happened to you in the past stop you from moving forward and looking forward to the future. Uh, you saw on the, on the show here, the, uh, Andy, and, Andy and them didn't even remember that they had a fight. That, that same day back uh, back in school. They didn't remember why they had broken up. They just had these memories of the past and it was nice and all that stuff, but they forgot some stuff that was important for them. So we need to, and I think that's what we tend to do. You know, things seem to get better over time because you forget what happened. You forget your lines if you're trying to do a, a skit up here and but Opie helps you. But, uh, or you can't read the word right you know, when you're reading. Making mistakes is normal. We're going to make them, and uh, but we but we just keep going forward and look for the new things that Christ has got for you. Try to correct. Try to make sure you don't make the same mistakes again. But move forward. Anybody got anything they want to add to any of this stuff? Feel free. It's not like a lecture. Y'all can feel free to add stuff. I'll be glad to. Y'all probably got a lot more wisdom than I do in this stuff. Now, for me, that, that verse also means forgiveness. Forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So it means for that verse could also mean forgiveness. That's right. Let's see. So how did Andy and Barney reflect on their high school days? You saw them there at the, they're, they're looking through the old cutlass. Y'all look back a lot and remember times back in the past, and they're all great. Y'all remember that? You remember really good stuff, and you, which is a good thing. I think you tend to forget some of the bad things that happen. Hopefully, hopefully you're not dwelling on the bad things. But I think that's what when you look at Andy and Barney, they were remembering all these the good times they had. And then wasn't it kind of funny that when they actually got together with the people, they couldn't remember them. There was only 35 people in their high school class. And it was only 20 years later. 
And they're acting like they can't remember anybody. I was going, are you kidding? <laughs> wow. You know, I can remember that long. You know, and they, I mean, people change, and I know that. Because we had a girl come back at our 10-year high school reunion when I went, that nobody, we all thought she must be married to somebody that went to class with us because we couldn't figure out who she was. But she was not, she was not, ugly in school, but when she came back, it was like, wow, who is that? <laughs> who, does, who married this girl? You know, and it turns out it was one of our classmates, so we couldn't even recognize her. So that was kind of funny. Uh, oh, what are, how did Barney remember his relationship with Ramona? You know, he evidently had this long relationship with her, and she didn't even seem to remember him at the end. So... I guess in our memories, do we have things like that that might uh, we delude? <laughs> yeah, he said it was her that liked him, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I could she didn't have a clue. That's what I thought. Yeah, it may have been a prank. That's exactly right. Because I thought that too. Because she she didn't even remember who he was when he said his name. And, and again, there's only 35 people in this whole class. You know? So, I was like... I bet it was Jack Egbert. Jack Egbert. Egg your mom. That's right, he's no prize either. He did it, and he blackballed her. Yeah, that's one of the questions. Why didn't she remember? Like, do you think Ramona, Ramona really wrote the note that Barney remembered? I wonder if she really wrote it. They did. If it had come from her, if she had been. She would remember. So women would remember, is what you're saying. Socket over there. That's a fear. 
because your parents are going to not kill you if they start whipping you. you, know, you, might, you might. I think that's a healthy fear. But over time, you start to learn that the reason you're not supposed to stick the scissors or whatever you want to stick into the plug-in, you learn over time that that's a, they're protecting you. It wasn't, it wasn't because they're being mean and just don't want you to have fun sticking scissors or forks into the light sockets and things. It was because they love you. That's kind of the way, as a new Christian, you start off, you should have a healthy fear of the Lord. You're, you're afraid to do the things He told you not to do. But hopefully, as we grow as Christians and stuff, over time, just like we grow as adults, we understand why our parents told you not to run into the road, not just so you can't have fun playing in the road, just because some car might run over you or something. And we start to understand the same kind of thing with with God. And he, that's, that's His reason. You know, but, but we also should be in awe, I believe. We've got to be in awe of God. He is God. He is the Father. I, I think I may have told this last year, but I, I picture... When I think about God, I, th- I think of this, because you talk about in heaven, Him being up on His throne. It's almost like this big pedestal with Him for me. It's just an awe situation. This is God of the universe, created all things, created everything. And there He is on this pedestal way up high. And, and I, it's so high, first off, you don't want to look at it because you're afraid He might notice you, you know, so as you're down. Because this is, we should have that kind of awe about Him. Where you look up and all you can see is just a shining light or something coming off there. It, that's just visualizations that I have sometimes when I'm thinking about how do you how do you think about God? See, you got that awe, that fear. If you walk into the presence of somebody that was really powerful back in the back in the Middle Ages, you'd have a king. When people would walk into the king, you know they would come in and they would. They would bow down to this king because they feared him. They didn't know what he would do. They feared. Or maybe they didn't know what he would do. But they feared him. They respected him. And I think we need to have... God loves us. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes I think uh, it goes back and forth. where You're almost a little too casual with your relationship with God. And other times maybe you're too, too in fear of him too, but there's some middle ground somewhere in there, I think, where you kind of have to have both. I just brought to mind an old gospel song. I'm sure Leroy probably knows it. How big is God? Uh, And it talks in the verses about how vast his great domain, but then the tagline is, but he's small enough to live within my heart. Small enough to live within my heart. That's right. Yeah, isn't that a Amazing thing. I kind of got off my topic here, but that's what. But yeah, that's. I just think that's something that we need to remember. Come, children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And that's just uh, something I think we, as getting back on, I guess what I should have been talking about, we should be discipling the people and helping them know that, because that's what that's what our jobs are as Christians. And you should be being a disciple because I don't care how old, how long—not old, but how long you've been a Christian. You still got a lot you can learn. I mean, and you need somebody there to keep you accountable, to help you, because uh, preachers and everybody else, you know what? They're just like us. They're just human beings, and they have the same 
struggles that everybody else does. I, I mean, the struggles change, I guess, but they always have them. It's just like a professional golfer. When you go out, if you're a golfer like me, you go out and hit the ball, you're, you're horrible. You know, I'm just hitting the ball wherever it goes. I don't know. Professional golfers, we think, oh, man, they've got it all together. But they don't. Those guys go out and practice every day, just like everybody else. You know, so while they're at a different level than me, they're just like me. And they get out there and play. Now, they're, they're, they're in it every day. So maybe they have some advantage, but you know what? They're under a lot more scrutiny at the same time. So when you got Christians at your church, whether it's your deacons or your pastors or or just uh, Sunday school teachers or whatever that are in positions like that, we really need to be encouragement to them because we expect them to disciple to us, but who disciples to them? Who takes care of them? Just yes, sir. That, that episode is a little bit off. For me, it, it reminds me, this is a flash of meaning, and it's supposed to be 20 years later. It reminds me of how short life is. Because, you know, to me, I seems like yesterday I was in high school. You know, and, and it's just amazing, I mean, how short our time is on earth, you know, compared to eternity. But, you know, remembering, you know, people you went to school with and everything. Uh, and, of course, young people, you know,
talking about somebody almost hit you and it scares you and you're upset. That's that's one of the but I mean people just cutting you off, just pulling in front of you. Do you start waving your arms around and or or do you maybe what if God slowed you down because there's a wreck's gonna happen right over? What if that's what happened? And he knows it and then he sees you angry like that, he goes, Well, you know what? <laughs> Something happening to them, and then they get mad at you because it happened, and you're just like, "Well, you, you little snot-nosed kid." <laughs> we don't know why things like that happen. It's, you get cut off in traffic. Do you act like a Christian? Are you afraid, like I am, to have a little fish emblem on my car because I might act bad when I'm driving? Because <laughs> that's the worst part. It is. Somebody go, you've got a fish emblem on their car, says, "Follow me to church" or something, you know, and they're up there going. We don't want to be that person. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, our pastor said that when he, when he first got saved, he said that uh, uh, he was in a restaurant and he had he had behaved badly. And he went back to the waitress and he says, I'm sorry I acted like that. And she said, that's okay. That happens all the time. Yeah. That's bad. And it does. It happens all the time. People do this. And and that's sad. We don't we don't want to be a stumbling block to our, to our brothers, and we certainly don't want to be a stumbling block to people who are not Christians to start with. Uh, we're running out of time here, so let's. Uh, yes, sir. Just another thing on the restaurant situation. And this is wrong for a lot of waitresses that that they feel like Christians are stingy because they don't believe a decent tip. So. I took that part. I think that's important. Yeah, I don't think it's a good witness to somebody when you don't leave them a tip, but you leave them a track telling them how they could, you know. How about you leave the track and a tip if you want to do that? Don't, you know, they, you know, it's just not necessarily effective to do it that way. Look, we're, we are running out of time, so let's just, uh, we're going to wrap up. There's a lot of other stuff on here if you get your magnifying glass out and read through these. Because <laughs> I made them pretty small because there was a lot of stuff on here. But I'm going to just read the last couple of verses uh, that we have listed here talking about uh, uh, what we need What we need will be provided to us. And Psalms 119, now these verses aren't on there because I messed up, evidently and copied them, but it's 119... 165 says, Great peace have those who live your law, and nothing can make them stumble. So we need to live that. Oh, love. Oh, I can't write either. Love your law. That's right. Good job. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. And then Hebrews 13.5 says, uh, Keep your lives free from, free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, "Never will I leave you; never will I forsake you." Amen. So just think of the the joy we should have about that. There's so many things that can upset us, but I mean, if you really look at what's eternal, what really means something, you know, it doesn't mean something that at your class reunion or that you have your daddy's rock. It does mean something to you, but in the eternal scheme of things, God will never leave us. And he, he's 
he's there with us, and he's, uh, he's there to comfort us as we go. So if we can just remember what he did for us and try to show some grace to other people as, as they do things that just aggravate you. Because, and again, this goes back to what I was saying before. I have to seem to learn these lessons every day. Every day. It seems like I have to relearn some of these things and remind myself of these, these things. Uh, let me pray for you. And uh, we got several other events heading up, so let's pray. Father, we just again want to thank you for this time to come together and to try to draw out some... Uh, some things that we need to learn and live by. We know these things, Father, but we just ask that you just use your Holy Spirit to keep those things in our heart and our minds and draw us to a real understanding of what you've done for us so that when little things happen to us or even big things, Lord, that we're there understanding that you're with us. You'll never leave us. You, you have done so much for us already that we need to just show that toward other people. Father, it's, uh, there's so many people on this ship that work here, that are just visiting this week, Lord, that uh, we just ask that you just make sure or help us as a bunch of Mayberry fans who love you impact some of their lives and to draw them to at least see what you've done for us so that they might want to experience the same thing. Lord, uh, we just ask that you just touch and uh, send your spirit through the ship, Lord. That we just uh, somehow that we could be different, we could be a light, we could be the salt, Lord. That they, uh, that people might notice that we're different than some of the other people that are here, Father. That maybe they would have an opportunity to talk to somebody, or just at least that they would see it in our lives, Father. We just again thank you for what you've done for us, and Lord, just thank you for continuing to be patient with us and to teach us and to draw us towards you. And thank you for this time we had together. Amen. A place is so dear to my childhood and the little brown church in the bay.